begins, I should start. Okay. <clears throat> well, well, before the witness starts, I just note that uh, in this letter, she did address her as honorable. Yes. Chair, uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll see there's an explanation for that in the letter. <laughs> Thank you. I should start by indicating that I was shocked when I read the letter given that you have always been commending us on the support we were giving you, giving, it, giving to your office. Also, it has always been my belief that from the time you were sworn in on the 26th of May 2014, my office together with the whole staff of GCIS has sought to make your coming into your office as comfortable as possible. In fact, I can go so as far as to say both yourself and the Deputy Minister were our number one priority. Thank you, Ms. Williams. And then if we move to your response to the allegation of unprofessional conduct and correspondence. Rather than read uh, your response, can you tell us what you said in relation to the charge that you were using the wrong letterheads as evidence of unprofessional conduct? Chairperson, I think what I responded to is that there was never any intention of undermining the fact that she wants to use her own letterheads. And I go on to explain that we have made arrangements that her office is able to give us those letterheads and I've subsequently told the whole staff because some of the correspondence generally comes from different sections and I've alerted them that they need to use the letterheads that uh, the minister would prefer. You also addressed the question of grammatical errors in your uh, correspondence. You will see that in the last paragraph after the heading number one. Uh, feel free to refresh your memory about what your response was there, but could you summarize for the chair what you said in relation to the allegations of typographical and other errors in your correspondence? I'm, try I'm trying to look for that paragraph. It's just before the bold paragraph two. And if it's convenient, you can just read that paragraph into the record. I will follow up with my office. It begins. Okay, okay. I then address that and I say, I will follow up with my office and yours to manage and better coordinate the dates in the correspondence sent to your office. In the attached sample correspondence in the letter, I could not find any circled grammatical mistake. I therefore assume it might have been in other documents. I will continue as I always try to quality control my language. Thank you, Ms. Williams. You then address under the heading two on that page, the improper and inconsistent salutations in letters. Ms. Williams, what did you say in response to Ms. Mutambi in relation to that uh, allegation that you were using the incorrect salutation? Should I read or should I just say? Whatever is preferable okay. to you. Chairperson, Minister Mtambi is correct that she did say she wants to be addressed as honorable. And I took the trouble to check what the protocol was from the presidency. I was then assured that ministers cannot expect to be called honorable if they are outside of parliament. 
that terminology is only used when they are inside parliament. So there was nothing wrong that I was doing uh, to address her as Minister Mtambi. Thank you. And then if you go over the page to 18, just to follow up on the point made by the chair in relation to how you addressed the letter, you will see you record before paragraph 3 the undertaking that, and I quote, in the meantime, we will adhere to your request in respect of your salutation. Does that explain why you addressed the letter to the Honourable Minister Mutambi? Yes. <laughs> yes, Chairperson, that's the reason. Thank you. And then under three, you deal with the questions of um, the communication with the minister, and you particularly deal with the question of Mr. Butelezi. Uh, and you've already given us, in anticipation of your response, what the essence of your um, reply to the minister was in relation to that question. If you go to 3.4 on page 18, you will see that you reference the fact that you wrote a letter to the Department of Communication, now referred to as the Department of Communication and Postal Services, to request his secondment. You did that on the 4th of June 2014, and then you record what you've already indicated to the Chair, is that you could not continue the involvement of Gift Butelezi pending the approval from his department. Should I have formally involved him in the work of the department without the formal letter from his department, it would have constituted an irregularity by his department. Is that consistent with what you indicated to the chair earlier was your response? That's correct, Chairperson. And uh, Ms. Williams, I'd like you finally to go to the conclusion of this letter. And if you go over the page to page 19... You will say in the first you say in the first paragraph of that page for the benefit of the record I'll read it in you say and I quote I may make mistakes in my journey but I want you to be assured that there is no disrespect on my part it is in my interest to ensure you manage a clean administration as necessarily it becomes a clean and effective government to serve our people Ms. Williams, why did you emphasize the need for a clean administration to Minister Mutambi? Chairperson, I, I, I had to raise, I had to put that paragraph for a simple reason that Minister wanted me to do an illegal thing. You, you can't take an official from another department without any paperwork. And I had to remind the Minister that it is my job as an accounting officer to make sure that we run a clean administration. Thank you, Ms. Williams. If we can then return to your statement. Before we do so, can I just ask, you reference a clean administration in relation to serving our people. What do you see as that link? Chairperson, I want to believe when we are public servants and public representatives who are not here in our personal capacity, who are here to serve the people of South Africa. And that is why I had to remind the minister that it, we are not here in our personal capacity, who are here to serve the people of South Africa. Thank you, Ms. Williams. 
If we then go back to page six of your statement, we were at paragraph 21, where you reference the shock that you experienced when you received this letter of the 18th of June, a matter of weeks after Minister Mutambi took up her position. And then in paragraph 22, you reference an approach to the president arising from this interaction with Minister Mutambi. Can you please tell the chair about that interaction? Chairperson, I think I should indicate that after that letter, the behavior of Minister Mutambi got worse. I then took the liberty of contacting the president to request that he intervenes on my behalf because for the life of me, I couldn't understand what is it that is wrong that I'd done. And yes, with fairness, he gave me an opportunity to talk to him. And I explained, and, and I remember even mentioning the issue of the Honorable, that it's not a matter that warrants a person to be charged uh, and given a letter. And I remember him laughing about it himself. And uh, he, he then said, no, 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 I will attend to it. And that's how we left, and I left with real confidence that the president is going to address the matter. And when did that meeting occur? Chairperson, I may not know the date, but I do remember that in one of the cabinet meetings, because I was still attending, I went to him and I said, I'd like to meet. And I remember getting a call to say, yes, the president says you can come. And I went to Masambanzovu to go and meet with the president. And uh, I, I don't remember the date, but I know that I did meet the president at uh, his official guest house. Uh, even if you can't remember the exact date, was it a matter of months after the letter, weeks after the letter? Remember the letter you received was on the 18th of June 2014. Your response was on the 23rd of June 2014. Can you just give us a sense of the amount of time thereafter that you raised it with the President? Chairperson, to be honest, I raised it almost immediately. However, I think I was called probably three weeks or four weeks later. Uh, I think it must have been around July, but I did raise it uh, personally uh, with him in one of the cabinet meetings. But I think the exact call to say come, I think it must have been around July. And Ms. Williams, if we then go to paragraph 23 on page 6. That paragraph begins with the following, and I quote, by October 2014. The relations had got to a point where I received another letter informing me of the withdrawal of my acting responsibility. Please can you tell the chair how you were informed of the withdrawal of your acting position? Chairperson, from June, I should say, up till October, the situation had got so bad that Minister Mtambi was interacting with the staff directly without even involving me. And I had already become quite uh, stressed about it. I then requested to take leave, which was on the 6th of October. Um, and I then applied to take leave. I, in my application, I attached the proposed person to, do, to act whilst I was away, which was Mr. Kitumetse Semakane, 
who was the most senior uh, in the organization, in fact, even myself, I joined GCIS, I found him there. She was the most senior uh, chief director, I th and she was acting DDG in my position. I then attached that proposed acting person. She approved it, and I left. And, yeah, and when I left, she then started making changes and re removing the person that I had proposed, and she then appointed Mr. Donald Tidipoko as the acting uh, director general of GCIS, who was the chief director in the department. I'd like to go back for a moment to your leave, but you've referenced Mr. Lipoko. Uh, so it's pertinent for me to ask, how did Mr. Lipoko come to GCIS originally? <coughs> Chairperson, I did indicate that Mr. Lipoko was headhunted by Mr. Manye. When he came in GCIS, he was brought in as a media buyer. As, as I recall, she was from the private sector in the media buying space. So it made sense for us to get somebody who has an experience in that area. So she was brought in as a media buyer and she was a, a chief director of media buying. And I made reference earlier to the hierarchy within the system of GCIS. Can you confirm at that time, as you reference at paragraph 23, that when Mr. Lepoko was appointed as acting director general, notwithstanding your recommendation that that position uh, be given to uh, Mr. Semakani, who was the deputy director general at the time, he held the position of chief director. Is that correct? That's correct, Chair. And chief director of media buying. Media buying, yes. And that jump from chief director to acting director general, is that usual? Jefferson, also my understanding is that when they are the deputy directors general, the normal thing from a, 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 a DG is to appoint amongst the three DDGs because at that time, there were three DDGs, uh, Mr. Nebula Huabe, Mr. Harold Maluka, and myself. But at that time, in my position, Mr. Skitumetis Makane was acting. So it was really unusual that the three DDGs were overlooked and they went to take the new person who didn't even, who was not part of the institution. So it was unusual. Thank you. I said I would return to your leave. How were you notified? of this demotion from your position as acting DG when you were on holiday? Chairperson, I remember getting a letter which was dated the 18th. Remember, Chair, I was on leave up until the 26th, 27th of October. The letter was sent to me, which I even saw when I was at home, uh, because they managed to get it scanned and sent, but I was at home. Thank you. Uh, let us go to that letter, if we may. It's at page 20 of the bundle. Can you confirm that this is the letter that you received from Minister Mutambi on the 17th of October 2014? That's correct, Chair. I'd like us to turn over the page to page 21. The second paragraph records, and I quote, 
You are also aware that with the abolishment of the GCIS and in line with the proclamation, just to pause there, what proclamation is that? I think he was referring to the proclamation that was signed by the president of creating the new department. She goes on and she says, the position of Deputy Chief Executive Officer of GCIS now becomes Deputy Director General for the new Department of Communications. And then she goes on in the second uh, paragraph thereafter to say, and I quote, in line with the proclamation, you are hereby informed to revert to your position as the Deputy Director General Corporate Services with effect from the 17th of October 2014. Ms. Williams, what, what does that mean? In line with the proclamation, you must be demoted. Chairperson, it, it, it may sound funny, but that's how painful it was. You are on leave and you come back and you find your salary has been adjusted. You are then told you are owing, uh, I, I remember it was 35,000 that had been paid to you whilst you are on leave and you have, you have to pay it back. Uh, one would have expected that there should have been a bit of discussion, especially because the proclamation was a process, and I had to painfully look for that 35,000. Ms. Williams, can I just understand, though, did the proclamation say anything about your demotion? Chairperson, the proclamation, as I understand it, it there was no indication that it has to start almost like now. And, and, and the, as I know, the proclamations as they work, there has to be a process because there's a lot that has been put in place. There's a question of the assets of the department. There's a question of the budget that has been voted for by the Treasury. You certainly cannot just midstream deal with abolishing the budget that's is appropriated through Parliament. You can't deal with, in the midstream, deal with the issues of changing assets. There has to be some kind of, of a transition. And as I know, generally in government there's transition. There was absolutely no basis whatsoever for Minister Mtambi to do that. Sorry, Ms. Hofmeyer. Mm. I see that this letter from Minister Mutambi. Um, was dated 17 October 2014 on the front page and that she also signed it on the same date. <clears throat> and uh, earlier on your attention was drawn to the fact that it was saying that uh, this change in your status in the department was happening with immediate effect. Uh, when, when did you get the letter? Did you get it on the same day? Did you get it a few days later? Or? Chairperson, as I indicated that I was on leave, mm. and the payday in government, at least is on the 15th, mm. I was on leave, and obviously my salary had gone through. Mm. And that's why... It went through because the understanding was that I'm still the acting director general. Mm. And I found myself when I came back on the 27th with salaries saying I must pay back 35,000 rent because it has been paid erroneously because they had not seen the letter of Minister Mtambi. They hadn't even had a decency to send it to salaries 
uh, it was just scanned and sent to me. But when did you receive it? I, I can't remember the date because the, the, the only thing that I can confirm, Chair, is that I remember that I think it was on the 18th or 19th I did respond and acknowledge receipt, uh, which I, I think I hadn't, but I acknowledge receipt, but I also responded to the last paragraph, Chair. Oh, and uh, and the demotion that uh, uh, we are talking about here is that of being removed from the position of acting DG of the department. Certainly. Yes, but before the, that acting appointment, you were at the level of Deputy Director General. Certainly. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Chair. And just to clarify on that date issue, if you go over the page to page 22, Ms. Williams, that, as I understand it, is your response to Minister Mutambi dated the 18th of October 2014. Is that correct? That's correct. I'd like to go back to page uh, 21. And you'll, you'll forgive my incredulity. I, I was posing with you the explanation that Minister Mutambi gives for removing you from the position of Acting Director General. You'll recall that in the second paragraph on that page, she references the proclamation and she explains, in fairness to her, consistent with that proclamation, that pursuant to the proclamation, and I'm paraphrasing now, but I'd like your confirmation as to whether you agree with the paraphrase, what had previously been the position of Deputy Chief Executive Officer of GCIS was now becoming Deputy Director General for the new communication department. Is that right? Chairperson, the Deputy CEO in GCIS was the Deputy Director General. The only reference that she's making here is that you are no longer the Deputy Director General of GCIS. You are now the Deputy Director General of the new department. And the person who replaced you, springboarding from the position of chief director to now your superior as acting director general, was Mr. Lipoko. Is that correct? That's correct, Chair. I'd like then to go to the last paragraph of that letter. And before we do so... I'd like you to explain for the benefit of the chair what the role of cabinet spokesperson was insofar as the director general position within GCIS was concerned. Chairperson, the position of the director general of GCIS includes being a cabinet spokesperson. And that's how it has been from its early days up till now. It's still that. But you'll see in paragraph, on page 21 in the last paragraph, Minister Motambi proposes a variation of that consistent position. Can you explain for the Chair's benefit what she was proposing in that last paragraph? Chairperson, I have no idea what Minister Motambi was having in mind because my understanding we've always been a department that leads cabinet decision. 
minister in the presidency has never been a spokesperson. It may be reading the, the, the statement, but he has never been a, a, a spokesperson of the, and, and which is what I was trying to point out to her, that the minister in the presidency is not the spokesperson. He's a minister responsible for the GCIS, but the DG of GCIS is expected to communicate the decisions of cabinet. To be clear, um, Ms. Williams, as I understand the last paragraph of page 21, and you'll confirm if this is an accurate description, what Minister Motambi was in essence saying was that you would no longer hold the role of acting Director General, you would revert to your position as Deputy Director General, but that you would continue to provide support to the Minister in the Presidency on a secondment basis as Cabinet spokesperson. Is that accurate? That's what she was suggesting. And what was your attitude to that? Chairperson, I've been consistent in saying that what I did for Cabinet, I did it as an acting Director General of the GCIS. It was therefore not correct that you could second a job that resides in that department. It was completely incorrect. And if we can go to page 22, because that is your response to Minister Mutambi, where you take up this issue. And if I may just direct you to the last sentence of the penultimate paragraph on that page, you'll see there, and I quote, you've raised this issue with her in the preceding parts, and then you say, as such, the newly appointed acting Di director general, by virtue of holding that office, automatically becomes the government and cabinet spokesperson. And then you go on and record, in view of the above and in line with your directive that I revert back to my substantive position as Deputy Director General, I will not be able to provide support to the Minister in the Presidency on a secondment basis because my position is a full-time position, which entails the governance oversight which require my full attention. Can you confirm that Minister Mutambi received this letter? I certainly delivered it um, in her office. And as I, as I read your response there, it was in effect a refusal to take up that position because you were now going to be consumed with your deputy director functions. Is that accurate? That's correct, Chair. Thank you. If we can then return to page seven of your statement. Your statement has now progressed to February 2015. So just to orientate ourselves in time, your demotion occurs in October of 2014. Minister Mutambi requests that despite the fact that you are now only going to be Deputy Director General, you should continue as Cabinet Spokesperson, and you've refused that. Is that correct? That's correct, Chair. So what happens if you can... Uh, elucidate for the chair in February 2015? Chairperson, in February 2015, I then received a phone call from the chair, from the secretary, cabinet secretary, Dr. Lubisi, and he was asking where I was, because on that day it was cabinet Lekhotla, 
and he asked me where I was and I said no 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 I'm on my on my way to the office because it was in the morning and he said that no 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 you are expected to be here in cabinet and I then I had to remind him that I have been removed and Mr. Dipoko is the one who's supposed to to be joining the cabinet as the acting director general and he insisted that it should be me I should come uh, I then insisted that it should be put in writing because I was not going to do it. And can I then refer you to page 24? Is this the um, writing, so to speak, that you demanded be provided? That's correct, Chair. And can you tell us what uh, pages 24 and 25 contain insofar as your request for a written delegation of this responsibility to yourself? Chairperson, this was the letter that appoints me to be the acting cabinet spokesperson with all the functions that relate to cabinet, sitting in cabinet committees, sitting in cabinet, drafting the statement of cabinet, and also speaking on, on the issues of the cabinet. So that's the letter I received. Why were you concerned to get this letter? Chairperson, I'm a governance person. It wouldn't have made sense to be told verbally that I must go and execute a job that that cannot be tracked. Uh, so I insisted that it has to be given in, to me in writing in the same way that I was given in writing in October that I must revert back to my job. Ms. Williams, may I suggest that your fidelity to governance went further? Because if you turn over to page 26, you will there see a agreement that was prepared between you and Minister Radebe, who, as I understand, was minister in the presidency at the time. Is that correct? That's correct. And it relates to your, in brackets under your name on that page, <coughs> acting cabinet spokesperson position. Is that correct? That's correct. Who drew up this agreement? Chairperson, I, I should indicate that after I had received the letter from Minister Mtambi, I wrote an acceptance and I drew her attention that I would request that she appoint somebody in my position so that I can be able to focus uh, on this job. And I then subsequently drafted the performance agreement also in consultation with herself. I then tried to establish how, who, who, where the lines of authority, because I think that whole period was really confusing. The cabinet work and the GCIS, the new ministry. She then suggested that because I will not be doing cabinet, I suggest we do a performance agreement that will be signed by the two of us, the minister in the presidency and uh, herself. And I need to also remind uh, the, the, the commission that at that point, which was 2015, they had already reversed the abolishing of GCIS, which was in November 2014. So she then suggested that the performance agreement will have to be signed by two people, that's herself and the minister in the presidency. If I can take you to uh, page 30, just to confirm those two signatories to your performance agreement. 
you please identify for the chair who signed your performance agreement as acting cabinet spokesperson? It was Minister Chef Khatebe, Jeffrey Khatebe, and it was also signed by Minister Faith Mutambi. Thank you. If we return to page seven of your statement, Ms. Williams. At paragraph 26 on that page, you commence with the following. You say the public service regulations prescribes that when a public servant acts on a higher portfolio that is funded and vacant, she or he needs to be compensated after six weeks. Can you explain for us what the relevance of that is to you now taking up the acting cabinet spokesperson position when your official title prior to that was Deputy Director General? Chairperson, my position as a DDG was at level 15. Cabinet spokesperson is at level 16, which is a Director General. And necessarily, when you are acting in that position, the public service regulation stipulates that if you have worked for six weeks, you are then entitled to be paid that difference of the acting role in a senior position. And what did Minister Mutambi say to your request that you be paid at the level 16 level because you had assumed that position? Chairperson, she refused and said that I was helping and therefore I don't deserve to be paid. And what did you do in response? Chairperson, I escalated the matter to the HR and the HR that wrote to her. She insisted that she will not pay me. I escalated the matter to the DPSA who also agreed with me, but obviously they didn't want to write it. I then escalated the matter to the Public Service Commission. I'd like to take you to the ruling that you received from the Public Service Commission. You'll find it at page 45. You'll see that page 45 is what looks like the covering letter to their report. Is that correct? That's correct, Chair. And it was received on the 1st of, well, dated the 1st of February 2016. Can you confirm when you received it? That's the date I received it, Chair. It is a fairly lengthy document, and I don't propose to deal with all of its contents. I'd like to take you just to certain pertinent aspects of it. If you go to page 47... Ms. Williams, before we deal with what's at page 47, can you just summarise for us what the nature of your complaint was to the Public Service Commission that resulted in this ruling? Chairperson, my, my grievance was them to intervene that I be compensated because it is my basic right in terms of the labour relations and which I felt that Minister Mtambi was violating, and I was requesting the Public Service Commission to investigate and, and provide guidance. Thank you. At page 47, 
in this section of the ruling, the Public Service Commission is really recording the various correspondence that it has seen uh, and which it received in dealing with your grievance. And you'll see at page, uh, at paragraph eight on that page, they deal there with the appointment of Mr. Lepoko as acting director general at, uh, from the point of 1st April 2015, uh, and that is a reference to his replacement uh, of your occupying that position. If you go to the final paragraph under eight before the new paragraph starts number nine, the Public Service Commission makes a comment that the reference in that letter to section, this is the letter that Minister Mutambi wrote in relation to Mr. Lipoko's uh, elevation. The Public Service Commission, as I read it there, says that the referral to section 42 of the Act is incorrect. They say that it's a section 32 matter. Uh, and then they go on, and if I may ask you just to read into the record what is recorded there from the second sentence, which starts, it should. It should be noted that there are three positions of the Deputy Director General in the GCIS, but none of them was appointed to act as a Director General, which created a lot of challenges in terms of executing duties in that a Chief Director would be appointed to act in Mr. Dipuko's position while he will have to double up and perform the functions of the Deputy Director General Corporate Services over and above the functions of the, Deputy, of the Director General. Thank you. And then if you'll read the next sentence as well. The appointment of Mr. Dipuko further created challenges in the reporting lines as the Deputy Director Generals in the GCIS now had to report to the Chief Director. And then the next sentence. Potential instability and dissatisfaction amongst the members of the Senior Management, management Service is created through this arrangement. The arrangement also creates challenges in that a person appointed to act in the post of the Chief Director could not be paid an acting allowance because the position is not vacant. If paid, the payment would have been irregular. Ms. Williams, this is the recordal of the Public Service Commission. Does it accord with your sense of the disruption that occurred at the time pursuant to Mr. Lipoko's appointment? Certainly, Chairperson. What, what was it like in GCIS? after he was elevated over the three DDGs to the position of Acting Director General, you were moved back down to Deputy Director General. Can you give us a sense of how management in GCIS was operating? Chairperson, I think the situation got quite a, a bad in the GCIS. You will note in the process of the, the, the madness that was existing at the time, we lost two of the Deputy Directors Generals, Mr. Harold Maluka, whom Donald was reporting under. We had Ms. Nibu Lekwabe, who was a Deputy Director General, left. And there was general despondency in the organization, and, and as such that some people, we lost quite good people 
because of the situation that was existing at the time.